This is Big Sky Lead, a dive into the stories about how government and politics drive the direction of Montana. This podcast is from the reporters of the Montana State News Bureau in Helena, your eyes and ears on state government. It's produced by me, Tom Bridge. Our team brings you an examination of Montana's new landscape with new laws, a new governor, and a new Republican dominance across all of state government. Hello, listeners. My name is Kia Gardner. Um, I'm the regional digital editor for Lee Enterprises Mountain West area. I'm here today with Michael Cast. He's a former reporter for the Montana Standard and Butte who worked on this project up until he left in November to pursue some freelance projects and other things. Today, we're going to talk about uh, his upcoming story for this series, Grizzly and Us, that weirdly enough doesn't involve grizzlies directly, but rather black bears and how the rural town of Virginia City has worked to live with them and how those efforts have prepared their town for if and when grizzlies eventually reach their area. It's a super interesting story. So, Michael, can you talk a bit about how you even stumbled upon the project that's happening over in Virginia City? Yeah, I, uh, I first heard about it covering an interagency grizzly bear committee meeting. You know, that's the group that uh, kind of manages bears um, in the lower 48 here. And I, uh, you know, they were talking about the possibility of following this Canadian model, this Bear Smart model, and maybe implementing it around uh, the lower 48. And it's something Canada's been doing for quite a few years and has managed to reduce their problems with black bears as well as grizzlies. Awesome. And what made Virginia to actually like decide to pull the plug and go with this Bear Smart um, method? And maybe give me an example of what that might look like in a community. Yeah, so Virginia City basically decided to do something about their bear problem because they had such a bad bear problem. They, you know, the black bears were in town regularly, right downtown on the main street, and it's a tourist community. So, you know, it's just one main street, a few old buildings, bars, you know, the relic of back when it was a gold mine town. And the bears were basically getting in the garbage, going around back of restaurants, getting to garbage at people's houses, and then down the street, um, you know, just a couple miles down the street, the dump, the bears were also getting into the dump regularly. And as a result, you know, they had to close the dump repeatedly, and they had to you know, relocate or euthanize bears. And yeah, it was just like a major problem. And I don't think anyone felt great about it. So what's maybe an example of something that they did to become more bear smart? Right. So really, I think uh, the way they found out about this is the same way the IGBC did at that meeting. It was um, People and Carnivores, a nonprofit group, their kind of field lead down in southwest Montana, her name is Kim Johnston, basically approached the local government and came to the meetings and said, hey, there's this model in Canada that might be able to help you guys out if you're interested. And she was the one who brought it to them. And what, what it involves is the community kind of coming together and, first of all, examining 
you know, what are our bear problems, making a plan to fix them, and then implementing, um, you know, policies and even laws um, within the local government to make sure that it works. And in their case, you know, what they were really looking at was bear making the garbage containers bear safe. Kim never says bear proof because none of them are fully bear proof, but bear safe. And then of course, fixing the situation at the dump, which meant uh, putting on hydraulic dumpster lids, which is something people in carnivores has worked with local governments around Southwest Montana to do at the dumps. So you walk up to the dump, you push a button, the lid comes open put your garbage in you push it again it closes and you know that keeps the bears out and basically prevents a lot of the problems awesome so really just kind of eliminating bear attractants and kind of like a team effort to really get rid of everything that might make a black bear saunter onto your property or in this case maybe eventually a grizzly bear um so what did people have to say about this do their efforts seem to be working yeah they uh you know they're thrilled with the progress you know they started making changes about five years ago and when i spoke to the mayor this past summer he said they basically eliminated problems at the dump they basically eliminated incidences with bears in town and um, so he said, I mean, knock on wood, as he said in his quote, he, uh, you know, they've, they've just about gotten to the point where they've eliminated the problem, although they still need to work on their residential um, garbage containers. That's kind of the next step here. And I should mention also that they also have a lot of fruit trees in town and you know, they have community-wide fruit picking efforts as part of this too, because if you can get that fruit down before it attracts too many bears, it helps keep them out of town. Cool, cool. Um, so I've gathered that the specific location of Virginia City is plays a really important factor in this story. Um, I mentioned that your story isn't directly related to grizzlies, but it is in so many ways. So can you talk about why the location of Virginia City is so important as it pertains to grizzlies. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they had a grizzly bear in 2017, just a few miles outside of town. And that was kind of the one that, I mean, I guess it pushed them to take care of some of these problems a little bit faster because, you know, they're all aware that, you know, a grizzly coming to town is a little bit different than having a black bear around. They're, you know, potentially more dangerous. They're bigger animals. And... So they're, they're, you know, they know it could happen anyway. But besides that, you know, just to the south, you have the gravelly range where grizzlies are pretty commonplace. And then just north of there, you have the tobacco roots where there are no, no known resident bears. But, you know, there was a study by FWP in the U.S. Geological Survey in 2017 that suggested that you know, that link right where Virginia City is located um, could be a corridor where the northern population, you know, that's centered around Glacier National Park, the Northern Continental Divide ecosystem, and the southern population um, centered around Yellowstone National Park could meet, um, and those populations could travel to meet each other and through Virginia City. Okay, so... So Virginia City is kind of 
one of those areas in the in-betweens of these big recovery zones where experts estimate that one day grizzlies will wander through those areas as well, even though it's not a designated recovery zone. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. And of course, you know, that it's also important from a policy perspective because, you know, one of the reasons grizzlies haven't been delisted is because the Yellowstone and Northern Continental Divide ecosystem populations are the two largest populations of grizzlies, but to have, you know, long-term genetic uh, viability, you know, some scientists have estimated that those populations need to be able to connect, and that may be one reason why they haven't been delisted so far. Okay. And... So can Virginia City and what's happening there with their efforts to become more bear smart, can this model probably be used elsewhere throughout other areas in Montana where maybe they don't have their own resident grizzlies yet, but may one day? Yeah, that that's definitely how, um, you know, Kim and people in Carnivores kind of sold the idea to the IGBC in the first place was, you know, this is something we want to try in one location, and if it works you know, we would suggest that maybe the IGBC adopts it around, you know, grizzly territory and all these other locations and all the states that have grizzlies. And, you know, so far it does seem to be working. The mayor uh, of the town was, you know, he's kind of the one who deals with the nuts and bolts, you know, the financial part of it, that sort of thing. And he said, you know, these are small, easy changes to make, and it's definitely scalable, scalable. Excuse me. And it's definitely uh, something that's uh, scalable um, where you could use it in different size communities. Um, and do you think, so after your reporting in Virginia City, what's the kind of take on the timeline for if and when grizzlies might actually show up there as an example? You know, how imminent is that for Virginia City? Yeah, I it's hard to say for sure. I'm I'm definitely, you know, I I did a few stories for this project and most of them were in southwest Montana in the general same area and you're finding that grizzly bears are showing up in a lot of new places in the short term. And uh you know, based off of that alone, I'd say it seems like something that could happen in the short term. Although I'm not a scientist, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't venture to speculate too much, but I, uh, yeah, they're popping up in a lot of places, and the fact that this is a logical corridor um, definitely suggests that grizzlies could show up there, based off of folks who are the experts. <laughs> um, and, and why should people care about this project in general, Grizzlies and Us, um, and Maybe why should this be a story of interest to them specifically? Um, the Virginia City story specifically? Yeah. Yeah, I. you know, it's one of the things, it's the grizzly situation is not just a scientific issue. It's also a bit of a social issue. You know, they're, you know, grizzlies showing up in new places on private land. Um, you know, it impacts ranches, and it's not altogether super popular. Um, I think, 
you know, I think with the bear smart model and what the community does, it kind of, it isn't, you know, a top down approach where the government tells you, you have to do this. Um, it's a community deciding to do it for themselves and how they want to do it. And I think, um, when you're dealing with a real polarized issue, like a big predator showing up in an area for the first time, you know, I think what people in carnivores has said that, you know, letting folks decide how they want to handle the problem and just giving them the tools to do it is what works best. And in this case, uh, you know, it's working really well for Virginia City. Cool. Yeah, it seems like a good way for an area to be more proactive about grizzlies than reactive, which I feel like we are experiencing a lot throughout our state um, and other states that deal with grizzlies um, is that, you know, this predator, as you say, is all of a sudden showing up kind of in their driveway on their front porch, and it's a bit of a panic moment of what to do with this. Um, And so it seems like this bear smart model is a good way for communities to really kind of set themselves up for success when um, it does happen. Yeah, I think if you eliminate those attractants early, it it makes a lot of sense rather than waiting um, until all of a sudden you have a grizzly in town. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, Michael, for joining us. And his story is running a little bit later this week. If you want to read about Virginia City and their efforts to go bear smart and what that can mean for when grizzlies, if and when, show up in their town, um, you can catch it on the Grizzlies and Us website or in our paper. Thanks. Mm-hmm.